Welcome to Technado. Welcome. Thanks for joining us for an episode of Technado. I'm your host, Sophie Goodwin, here with Don Pizzette. Don, how are you today? I am doing great, as always. Looking forward to this week. We have some interesting news that's all over the place because the world is a really strange place. And uh, and we have some exciting news about Sophie's homework that we assigned oh, to her. I'll, yeah. I'll leave that for Daniel. Oh, great. Okay. Well, yeah, like Don said, lots of exciting news all over the place today, just like Daniel. Daniel, how are you? I'm, I'm actually doing really well because I couldn't be more proud. That, <laughs> as Don said, I, I assigned Sophie a little bit of homework. And like a good student, she passed that with flying colors. I didn't build a PC, don't get it. No, she did not build a PC. Oh, we we would show that. Yeah. That would just be front and center. That mess would right. be front and center on the just table. Just watching her fail as Don yeah. and I laugh maniacally. Sobbing openly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but what you did do was watch Predator this weekend. I did. Uh, and I'm just, I just can't wait because now all my jokes make sense to her. It, and yeah. that's, that's what it was all about, was me. You know, your, your lifetime is about milestones. We yeah. have milestones yes. like when you graduate high school, when you get married, when you have your first children, when you watch Predator. Right. Like these are, are milestones. Like big days in a girl's life. Yeah. It's true. Uh, the day, Yeah, the happiest day of her life, the day she watches Predator. That's yes, right. Of course. You remember that forever. Tell me your boyfriend wasn't thrilled to death when you said, hey, you want to come over and watch Predator? <laughs> He, we watched Total Recall a couple of weeks ago because that was another movie on the list of things that I needed to watch. And I said, hey, so I'm going to make dinner. If you want to come over for dinner, like I'll, I'll, I'll provide food, right? Yeah. But, you know, I got to start getting through these movies. So would you be willing to sit down and watch Total Recall with me? And you would have thought I offered him a million dollars. He was yeah. like, you want me <laughs> right. to watch 80s action movies with you. Yeah. You want me to sit and do that. Yes. And so he had the same reaction the other day when I was yeah. like, you can come over, you know, we'll have dinner. Would you mind sitting and watching Predator with me? He's I like, promise. You mean you know, to catch a? Yeah. <laughs> right, and you're like, like no, you're more specific. You no, gotta- <laughs> and there's no, there's no, you know, Hanson guy there. <laughs> you need to set them up though, like so. You, you do five really cool action films in a row. Yeah. You throw in Terminator or whatever, and then Steel Magnolia or Bridges <laughs> of Madison County. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I've got this uh, this uh, Eastwood flick. I think you'll like it. Yeah. Now he now he's just like dead set, ready to say yes. Because oh, Eastwood, heck yeah, yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did say the next one on the list is. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, I think, because I've seen that one. So yeah? he gets to pick the next one, and That's then we'll go one. back to the Arnold movies. My kids are dying to see Raiders of the Lost Ark. They're a little too little for it right now, but uh, that day is coming soon. So uh, fun, yeah, we're totally off course here on this one, but um, <laughs> fun homework assignment. I don't want to ruin the movie for you or anything, but when you watch Raiders of the Lost Ark, when it's over, and for all of you at home, you can do this too, yeah. at the end of the movie, I want you to think about it and think if the characters had chosen to do absolutely nothing from the very first moment of the film, would it have ended any different? Okay. Just ask yourself that question. Ask I feel like I'm in English question. class right now. Yeah, yeah. As you're reading this yeah. story, I want you to think. Here's That's a list right. of things to think about the book. That's right. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. We, we may not get to it for another another week or so, just because lots of stuff going on. But I at least got through two. I got through Total Recall. Yeah. I got through Predator. There's a whole. I still need to watch all of the X Files. It's it's never ending. <laughs> Absolutely. Good. It keeps me busy. I mean, that's so, a daily. If you're not binge watching that, I don't, yeah, I don't know what's yeah. wrong with you. It's yes. Never get yes. Ahead. So I, Don told me that uh, our Iron Chef ingredient today is they're going to try to make Predator <laughs> references with every article. So we'll see if that happens or not. I may not pick up on all of them. I've only seen it once. So, you know, it's I'm still new to this. Um, but let's go ahead and get into it so we can see how many references you guys can squeeze in. This first article comes to us from Tom's Hardware. It says, Windows 11 to let you force quit apps from the taskbar. So we're starting off in the world of Microsoft. So currently you have to open a separate menu or like an app like Task Manager to, to force quit. But they're working on an option that will let you do it from the context menu, right? 
So this is one, yeah, that has been frustrating for me for years. Like if you have an application freeze in Windows, what do you have to do? You have to go into the task manager, which maybe maybe you press control, alt, delete and get it that way. Or, or it depends on what level of interactivity you still have with your locked up application. But you get into the task manager, you right click on the task and you choose end task. Meanwhile, there's a button at the bottom of the screen for every application that's running. Wouldn't it be convenient if you just right click on the app? and choose end task. Well, that's a feature that they're currently testing in the Canary builds and they're looking to roll out. My my understanding from people inside the Microsoft machine is that they've resisted this feature for years because it's like admitting that applications lock up a lot, mm. right? <laughs> like, oh, if we, if we put a end task thing front and center, that means people must need to do that a lot. Yeah. But the, the reality is, People, People need, need to, to do, do that, that a lot. lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would assume that once Apple capitulated to that, you'd be all right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Apple's had force quit for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just right click, force quit this. Yes, thank you. Or wait, it's it's hidden, isn't it? it no. You see quit and you have to hold shift to make it nope, force right quit. There. Don't you? Oh, it's um, just right there. So if it locks up, so I have this application, which is the um, Windows Remote Desktop okay. application, which I got from the Apple Play Store or right. Apple App Store, I guess it's mm-hmm. called. And when it locks up, that just shows up there. Okay. It says force quit this application. But on a non- so if it's one, spinning, test it for me because I think if you hold shift like or option or yeah, there is option. option yeah, and it makes force it quit show up. up. Yeah. Even that I would accept from Microsoft right. because you know right now if you right click on an app you do see close window. It'd be cool if you held shift and it went to end task. What would be cooler is if you right clicked on it and it popped up the Predator's little armband and then you could do the termination <laughs> sequence is. and have it blow up. That would be amazing. It had that to happen amazing. sometime. Yeah. It had to happen sometime. And, you know, maybe it's too much to ask. Um, better crash handling would be nice, <laughs> yeah. right? Instead, I, I, I get frustrated when an app crashes in Windows. And I know, Daniel, you don't really run mm-hmm. Windows much anymore. But when an app crashes, you have to force quit it. And then a little box pops up with a... Uh, um, a progress bar, mm. and it's like, am I waiting for it to, to finish crashing? But in reality, you're waiting for it to reach out to Microsoft to see if they know a fix oh my for the problem. Well, spoiler alert, Microsoft never knows a fix for any of them. Right. So it's Half the time, it ain't their software. No, not even half the time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so they don't, I, I guess in the times when it is their software, they don't know why it <laughs> crashed, right? Because if they knew why it crashed, it wouldn't have crashed in the first place. So that literally wastes your time every time an application crashes. So it's neat to see them jumping in and, and making a little change. But it's something that's annoyed the hell out of me for decades. I, I would I would still like, like so typically, if because uh, I, I work in Linux mostly, if I'm in Linux and something freezes up, I pull up a terminal, kill, process ID, you know, just do a quick grep for whatever process ID with a PS and kill it and it dies. If it doesn't die, kill dash nine. Yeah. You will die. Mm. And that's the end of it. It's like, uh, why can't we just have that level of functionality? Is there something like that in the command prompt or? Oh, a there shell? is. Yeah. So, you know, the. Um uh, what was the the guy who wrote all these cool Windows utilities like PSQ? Oh, yeah, 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 and, and all that. Oh, uh, Rasanovich. Yes, um, Mark Rasanovich. Is it Mark? Okay. Yeah. Uh, he works for Microsoft now. Yeah. And a lot of those because they bought all the PS in. tools, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So the PS tool suite is available in one form or another to do it. Uh, PowerShell can do it as well. Okay. There's a whole get process command, and you can feed it. Uh, in yeah, there, it's but, probably 75 uh, characters long, and uh, it, more than I can remember. That's yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is there. It's just not usable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> By normal people. And see, my, now my Predator reference was going to be that uh, sometimes an app is just dug in there like an Alabama tip. That is true. That and is true. Uh, 
and ain't got time to kill. And unless you have a grenade launcher, it's hard to get them out of there. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I understood that reference. This yeah. is great. It's like a whole new world. Yeah. I will like say, learning a second language. It, it really is. Yeah, I feel so much more. I feel, I'm like, I made it. I lived. I, I can't guarantee that I'll make any references because, again, I don't. I'm not fluent in it yet. Yeah, like no, you guys are. Don't limit yourself. Yeah. Gotta, I mean, you got to reach the rest for the of the stars. episode. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure I'm, you had a favorite scene or something that will apply somewhere. Sophie, it, yeah. You, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That's right. That wasn't in there. That's a Wayne Gretzky quote, no, right? No, that's the office. Or, oh, no, it's Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep, it, it is, is in the office. You're right. It is, yeah. Okay, I was like, you guys are just messing with me now. So I thought it was interesting. Towards the end of this article, uh, the author talks about how it looks like Microsoft views this new feature that's supposed to be coming out as an option that should be disabled by default and really only used by programmers. But it kind of seems like you guys are talking about like this would benefit just <laughs> regular people. I guarantee there are people going, thank you, Microsoft, for making this a thing. <laughs> it's about dang time. You know, I think these companies have rose-colored glasses, right? And, yeah. and if you go to somebody in Apple, an actual Apple employee, they'll say, yeah, it just works. But you go to anybody who's used a Mac, you know applications crash just as fast as on any yeah, other yeah. system. Yeah, it's just as many problems. And yeah. I'm sure the employees at Microsoft think that Windows is rock solid and doesn't have crashes and things, but but it does. There's a reason even my mom knows what a blue screen of death is, mm -hmm. right? And and so if it was as rock solid as they say it is, then people wouldn't know what that is. Nah. Uh, but they do. So it's one of those things. I could totally see them releasing this and making it where it only shows up if you flipped into a dev, dev mode. I, I don't think it's right. I, I think this is a, a feature that could benefit anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. I just thought it was interesting. That's the Nor order. should you. Why even make it a hidden option? How about you take the little X in the top right of a window? Yeah. And when you click it, it tries to gracefully close. But if it doesn't gracefully close after dies. a second, it force quits for you. Yeah. 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 Like. Yeah, why does this become like a thing? Well, I guess I'm just going to sit here and wait. Yeah. Oh, holy ho ho, it's still trying. You should be able to kill it if you need yeah, to. Just, if it bleeds, just we should kill it or something. Oh, if it bleeds, go. we can kill it, right? <laughs> Did I get that right? Wow. Yes. <laughs> I tried. I have the rest of the episode. She kind of took one from me, so that was good. That was okay. Good. Okay, I'm glad. Well, okay, I'm going to go ahead and move on so that you guys can continue to make these predator references. We don't want to burn up all our references. In relation, no, yeah. one article. we got to space them out. we got to yes. pace ourselves. So moving on from Microsoft and heading into Apple territory, uh, this article comes from Ars Technica. It says, Bitcoin white paper is hidden away in Mac OS's system folder for some reason. Apple, you son of a bitch. <laughs> so this this kind of seems to me, maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like a just like a real life Easter egg. Like, oh, look at that. That's in there. So do you have any theories on why this document's included in, it sounds like basically every modern copy of Mac OS? I yeah. feel like I know what Don's answer is going to be, but go ahead. Well, no, I, you know, I, honestly, I, I don't think this one's a big conspiracy theory or anything, although we could have a lot of fun with that. Um, what this is, is if you've ever messed around on a Mac and how their binaries are built, their, their binaries, their, their applications, a lot of people think it's so convenient that an entire application in, Mac, in a Mac is just one icon, right? Mm -hmm. If I want to install the app, I just drag that one icon and drop it on the application folder and that's it. But that one icon is actually a bundle. And if you two-finger click or right-click or whatever, control-click, because, you know, Apple hates yeah. two mouse buttons. God forbid. Um, but if you were to right-click on a bundle, and choose to, I forget what the option says, like open as bundle or something. Mm. You navigate, and it's really just a folder. It's like an archive. And, and inside of it, you'll find the actual binary buried away and a number of other support files that all go alongside of it. So it's just like in, in Windows, an application would have a folder with all its stuff inside of it. 
Apple just makes that folder show up as a single icon. Well, all the support files can be whatever a developer wants. And what people found was that in the virtual scanner application that is built into Mac OS, inside of that bundle is a PDF of the entire white paper from when Bitcoin was released, the one that was written by... Um, Satoshi or Shikashi or whatever. Uh, Satoshi Nakamoto. There you go. Um, the Nakamoto so, Towers. So in every version of Mac OS that's been released in the last, I think it's like the last five years, uh, has had a copy of the Bitcoin white paper in there. And you can, you can think that maybe it was an Easter egg or whatever, but the virtual scanner is designed to assist with malware scanning and scanning documents to be able to, to do a few different things. Uh, so they likely just needed a test document. Hmm. And threw it in there as a test document and either forgot about it or just wanted it to be a repeatable thing that they could scan. And they wanted to use something that was not copyrighted or, or whatever that was that was free to distribute so that they could scan it. Because, you know, under the hood, macOS is, is running on top of a modified BSD. Hmm. So they, they want to have things that are redistributable. So it's, it's likely a very innocent thing, but it does make me begin to question you know, operating systems have gotten bigger and bigger and bigger year after year. Like a Windows install today is several gigabytes in size versus Windows 98 that was under 300 megs. So is all that bloat necessary or is it full of crap like this this Bitcoin white paper and we just don't even know about it? See, I thought you were going to go with like, this just goes to prove the cult-like mentality of the people that are in Bitcoin. <laughs> because I know how much you love Bitcoin. Yeah. And yeah. how much you really respect those that are its acolytes. And uh, so, yeah, I was surprised that uh, you want more of a reasoned, seasoned well, so we, we don't normally talk about Bitcoin on the podcast much because I don't I don't think it impacts most IT workers, yeah. and so it's not really relevant. But uh, I do actually think that it's purpose built for criminal activity. So there's there's that. Uh, but in this case, I think that it's it's likely an internal developer at Apple yeah, who just, just having a fun needed a test, needed something to throw. It's in an there. Easter egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, honestly, I kind of like remember back in the day, like Easter eggs were fairly common. I kind of miss that. It was fun to to find these things and hear about them when the internet was new and you know be like, "Oh, if you look at this, you know, chip under a microscope, there's the developer's signature or whatever, you know, or a little piece of art that was done on the atomic level or something." It was super fun. Yeah, I, I think a lot of companies now recognize that there's a liability to some of that. Really? Yeah, and How so? Wasn't it you that told me uh Trigicon Right, yes. they yes. make they make rifle sights. They do, and yes. and, and things like that. They started putting a, a shorthand notation for biblical verses yes. on their on for their the sites. for the like um, serial number. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So you know, seemed like an innocuous thing. It's just a little shorthand thing. Most right. people, I I saw them for years and never thought twice about what it was. Didn't didn't even realize that's what it was. Right. But somebody caught wind of it, and the U.S. government was buying these sites, and they said, "Wait a minute." There's separation of church and state, or which whatever. doesn't apply. I mean, I, it, it's a strange thing. <laughs> I know. Um, so it created an issue, and so for the the ones they sell to the government, they had to remove that. So it was just a little Easter egg, an innocent thing, right? But it led to a big, uh, a big debacle. Do. Yeah. So I could see that you know somebody smuggles in a picture of Doge, yeah, and and doesn't realize like, oh well, maybe that's a <coughs> trademarked or copied symbol, and you know now there's a, a liability. I just think of all like the. The cool Easter eggs that we, used to, I, don't know, I guess they still do, find in video games and, yeah, and yeah. things like that where just if, you, what was it? 
was it ET? They had some sort of weird thing. If you went this way and they doubled back on yourself, you'd find yourself in this weird room. Hmm. And it opened up this level and allowed you. And, and I think that was like the first Easter egg or something to that effect that was found in a video game. It's just really cool stuff. And it was a lot of fun. It added to the culture of the time. And now we're afraid that we're going to offend our, each other with it. And you can't mm. you can't have fun anymore. Yeah. Damn it, you're ruining everything. And it's not as fun, I feel like, <laughs> to find Easter eggs in video games anymore only because it's all available online. So people put like full lists That's out. That's true. Like, here's how to find all the Easter eggs instead yeah, of it just right. happening organically. Like, oh, look at this cool thing that I found. Right. It's just like, oh, I followed a list on, yeah. you know. I hacked into the Activision and <laughs> found sure, their yeah, Easter that. egg list. <laughs> well, now, I, I know that there, there was an older version of Microsoft Excel that had like a full-blown Microsoft Flight Simulator as an Easter egg behind nice. the scenes. And th that sounds pretty cool, but in hindsight, as a security researcher, Daniel, yeah. it seems like that would be a whole new attack surface you know, if it's you possible. were writing some kind of Excel macro to try and do damage and there's this whole flight simulator binary behind oh, the yeah. scenes that's probably not being maintained. Well, I think that it probably wasn't a, a separate binary. I think they used Excel to render the flight simulator. Well, I mean, now you open yourself right. up. So, well, it, cool. no, you don't open yourself because it's still running Excel. No, you Excel open is to, doing it. Airborne attacks is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm Googling this real quick. Uh, so the flight simulator was in Excel 97. So this wow, was that was a while a back. While ago. Yeah, yeah, 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's funny you kind of bring that up, though. It's like those Easter eggs, people hunting them down, knowing that there could be something there, people accidentally stumbling upon them, realizing that, oh, these developers are putting these little these little hidden gems inside their games. Now I'm interested and they start learning programming languages and think of all the cool tech that came out of someone beginning inspired based off of something that was hidden in their video game or their yeah. spreadsheet <laughs> application and going, that is cool. I didn't know you could do that. But honest with you, one of the things that kind of, uh, there is a, uh, a YouTube talk. You should go and listen to it. even if you're not interested in this stuff, because the talk is interesting. It's called the art of code. And it's very, very interesting on what they can do with these like polyglottic type languages where I can write I can write a program that run compiles and runs in multiple different languages with the same exact code. So it's just like these neat things that people can do and it's kind of inspiring. It makes you go, well, I, I, I'm interested now. I want to be a part of it. I want to learn about that. And then maybe I'll go write the next cool piece of tech mm -hmm. or software or whatever. Now, does it count as an Easter egg if you go out into the woods after some government dignitaries and it turns out that there's like an alien mass murderer out there hunting you. You know, they, I really hate it when they cook up a story and then drop the six of us in a meat grinder. <laughs> you know, Don't you hate when that happens? I really do. Yeah. I really do. But apparently, from what I understand, is that we're assets. Expendable. Expendable assets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and I, I just need to wake up. Yeah. I'm disappointed you're not doing more of these in The Voice. I feel like it really adds to the... I guess it blends it. It blends yeah. in a little better with the yeah. show if you don't do the voice. The voice needs to come out at some point. Okay, so so yeah, great discussion on Easter eggs. That went a totally different direction than I thought. That's that's fine. That's what we're here for. This is how this show goes, man. Yeah. There's no former function. These are just kickstarters for a real conversation. I'll learn at some point. I'll learn at some point. So this next article comes from the Register. Uh, Cisco trashed offices and destroyed spares as it quit Russia. And actually, I think the the title of the article may have changed, but <laughs> so it, it may have. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but it sounds like they destroyed destroyed like spare parts, destroyed their offices, and then filed for tax write offs. Maybe I'm missing a detail. Or no, something. no, it's it's there. Yeah. So you <laughs> see, you see, Cisco, they left it 
because the Putin didn't kill them because they weren't armed. That was the problem. That's okay. why he said leave okay. it. Okay, right. No sport, right? Sport. <laughs> As we know, Vladimir is a, a My poor mom's going to watch this, never having seen the movie, and be like, what are they talking about? <laughs> Just lost. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, so when the, the war in Ukraine started, uh, many, many countries, uh, including the United States, uh, had embargoes and other things put in place to prevent companies from doing business with Russia. And for some of us, it was it was pretty simple. It just meant like putting up a geo wall to pre- prevent Russian customers from accessing your website, and that was that. But for companies that had actual physical locations in Russia, that was a challenge. And for an organization like Cisco, an even bigger challenge, because they provide networking gear to pretty much every country around the world. And for them, they couldn't just one day flip a switch and say, we're not going to sell to Russia when they've got a warehouse packed full of equipment sitting right there in Moscow. (laughs) So so what do you do? Well, they couldn't ship it out, and so they destroyed it. They actually had to destroy a lot of the equipment that they had, uh, and most of it was a parts depot. So it wasn't like actual equipment that was boxed up ready to be sold. It was spare power supplies, spare switchblades, and things of that nature to, to be able to do warranty calls in Russia. When they ended their business support, that means they ended warranty support in Russia as well. So they kind of did a, a scorched earth, destroyed the equipment, and pulled all but six of their employees out. The six employees that they left appear to all be... Were dropped right into a meat grinder? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they appear to be accountants because... <laughs> <laughs> because they are now, uh, you know, trying to get a tax write-off for the equipment that was destroyed and close down the business operations and so on. It's it's not easy to pull out from a country uh, that you've you've been doing business in. Mm. Well, that uh, you don't say. It's definitely it's something like. It's, hey, I, I, my favorite takeaway from this article was the writer who wrote the article. They loved like what was it the uh, pariah. No. Well, how, how they, they're very uh, wordsmithy. Putin's putrid pariah state. Putrid pariah state. Be- feeded fiefdom. Yeah. The, it, fetid, yeah fetid, fetid fiefdom. They just graduated from yeah, journalism I thought school. This was, <laughs> yeah, and they've got their thesaurus ready. I'm but, like, yeah. man, apparently the the register is has a low bar for admittance and journalists. <laughs> so I'm going to dust the old res off and try to make some extra cash. <laughs> it, it is one of my least favorite sources to quote from because um, they do sensationalize pretty heavy. Yeah. But this one's a true story, you know, and it shows the challenges people had with stopping doing business. And and with Cisco, it, it really hurts Cisco in a way. Like, they're not doing business with Russia anymore. Mm. But there are other countries that are buying Cisco equipment and then turning around and selling it to Russia. So, uh, like, yeah, you know, so it's embargoes like these are hard to, to like enforce. Yeah. 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 Well, what are you going to do? I mean, is, is this something that's going to, like, hurt Cisco as far as financials? Because, I mean, if they're leaving that much equipment sitting in a... Or destroying it, even. Yeah. Um, you, know. you know, it says that they... they built that for free. It says that in January of 2023, they reported $15.7 billion in revenues, but... So they are be all right. But I don't, I don't think that's... I don't think that's $15 billion in revenues in Russia. Right. Oh, uh, globally. Yeah, globally. Yeah, so, but still, they, they um, I think they'll be all right. But they've, uh, they've recorded $5 million in costs related to the invasion of Ukraine. So... Um, I'm yeah, sure not I, I don't think it. this is going to hurt Cisco yeah. significantly. And no. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. It would have been, been awesome if they could like 
exfiltrate that equipment because, as we know, there's like shortages on things, there's chips and all that stuff. To have that extra equipment just now on the free market and not dedicated specifically into the Russian area. I mm-hmm. I think you can only fit so much equipment on a chopper, though. That's and true. You got to get out. Yeah. I was waiting for chopper. it. I knew it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> I was just waiting. It's like a it's like a game now. Just go wait to see where you guys insert stuff. I'm gonna have to like Google and pull up a list of quotes so I can. If it was a game, you'd be losing. That's bad. I would be losing. Yeah. You're right. I've got negative ten points That's right now. Right. I wonder if they could have just taken the equipment because you know the war will end eventually, right? Yeah. And then yeah. Cisco will do business in Russia again. Yeah. If they could have just covered the equipment in mud, <laughs> and and you know Cisco <clears throat> wouldn't have seen it. Yeah. I mean uh, uh, Russia wouldn't have seen it. They walked yeah. right by it. That's right. <laughs> Completely blind <laughs> to the fact that all that equipment was just sitting right there, covered in mud. Yeah, hugging a tree. Yeah. And and the end. That's what I would have done. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, <laughs> did you say you thought ahead. he was going Maybelline or something? I really, yeah, it was when I'm watching. He's like smearing the mud on or whatever. It's like I have to look good for my date with Brad tomorrow. Like it just, <laughs> my paws they're humongous. <laughs> just reminded me of like a mud mask. So, but yeah, that's that's as close as I'm gonna get to a Predator reference. That's all I could think during that. All story. right. I, so <laughs> I'm positive Arnold Schwarzenegger has had a a mud mask at oh, some guaranteed. point, right? Oh, yeah. 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 There's no doubt about it. He's old and famous enough. Yeah. It had to have happened. Yeah, stogie right. in his mouth and mud on his face. This boys are going to be amazing. You're going to love it. <laughs> I love how you mimed the cigar, yeah. too, because that's, that's an important part of it's it. It's part of the, the process. <laughs> well, I think that's going to wrap the tech news segment of our show. So we are going to take a quick break. But up next, we're going to get into our security news. So stay tuned for more Predator quotes and more Technado up next. Stick around. <laughs> Tired of trying to schedule your team's time around in-person learning? Isn't it a bummer to spend thousands of dollars on travel for professional development? What if we said you can save money and time and still provide your team with the best training possible. The answer to your woes is live online training from ACI Learning. With live online training, we provide our top in-person courses in private, online, instructor-led formats. You get to provide professional development in a manner that fits today's expectations. Entertaining, convenient, and effective. Our exam-aligned courses inspire the full potential of your team. Visit virtual instructor-led training at ACI Learning for more info. Welcome back to Prednado. We're going to be switching into our uh, our security news segment and more Predator quotes, I'm sure, to come. So uh, we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. We've got our first segment. I'm going to attempt to do it justice. <clears throat> Don't! Don't! I tried. Yeah, you're right. It wasn't. I can't top the last one that I did. So this article comes to us from Bleeping Computer. Hackers can open next garage doors remotely and there's no fix. So <laughs> you're screwed. What a way to start start the segment. So there's five security issues that have been disclosed publicly, ranging from medium to critical severity, I think. And they haven't acknowledged any of them, as far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's great. What do you have to say about that? That's great. I mean, that's a good point. Is that these have been publicly disclosed because the company Next, spelled N-E-X-X, uh, has not chosen to acknowledge or do anything about these. And these are pretty bad in the world of exploits. Uh, an attacker who doesn't even have to be that sophisticated can basically open the garage doors of every Next customer if they're so inclined. You know, it's not that hard to do. That seems scary, Don. Like, if I'm a Next customer, I'm Probably crapping my pants at this point. Well, I mean, if somebody were to break into my garage and steal things, then um, it would be cleaner. Let me, let me ask you a question. Does your garage have a door inside to the house? It does, but so does the front of my house. Yeah, but I can't get through that one. Oh, yeah. I can get through your garage door yeah. and then walk through the inside door. 
All right, let me, let me give you guys a, a horror story, and I'll, I'll make oh, you scared boy. of your garage forever. Um, I have a friend who worked for a uh, a security company. Not, Is this not, the friend I'm thinking of? Uh, I don't know. One right here in the building. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, not not a cybersecurity company, gotcha. but a you know like I was uh, thinking a physical security company. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, not not like enforcer. That's what I meant. Like a, like big. a guard. Speaking in rules. I mean, like a home security system, right? You know, okay. your windows yes. have the sensor, and you open a yeah. window and stuff. So they they thought about how people get into your house. That's tax deductible, by the way. Is it? <laughs> yes, it is. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I need credits. Yeah. But uh, but anyhow, what a what an attacker could do, or in this case, we wouldn't call them an attacker. We'd just call them a straight up criminal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be a different type of attacker at this yeah. point. If your garage was open. They could go in your garage, and almost every garage has attic access. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So they could just hop up in your attic and wait. I heard which about this. Doesn't yeah. work so well in Florida, but in other states, yeah. right? Because you, you die up there. Alive, yeah. 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 But in, but in other states, they go up in your attic, and then you know you close your garage door, you go to sleep or whatever. They can climb down, mm-hmm. and now they're in your garage. The neighbors can't see them, and they can break into the door and and raid your home. Uh, or just wait until you leave because they'd hear your cars going. Yeah, uh, and mm-hmm. they're already inside. I heard that. I, I had a friend that said that they. Had somebody that was living in their attic. Yeah. And that was what's up. They would just wait until the garage door opened and then sneak in before it closed and hop up and come in the house at night and eat food. Wow. Yes. Yeah. So if you do have one of those alarm systems, you might want to put one of those things on the inside door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The alarm goes off. Someone opens it to eat your food or, you know, steal your stuff. Or worse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. We have we have sensors on the interior door and the garage doors. Yeah, so like if the garage door is open, we know about. Yeah, it. so um, don't try anything. Now, now my my first thing when I saw this headline, uh, it had a screenshot of the app, and I'm like, wait a minute, I can remote open my garage doors, and the yeah. app looks similar. And so I have one from Chamberlain. It's called like a MyQ. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm tell us more. Don't telling it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so it was not affected. Apparently, it is very specific, but. In the United States alone, there's apparently 40,000 of these Next devices that are spread out across the country, and they're all vulnerable. The, mm-hmm. An attacker can get at them, and it, the the main vulnerability, the one that's driving the biggest concern, is that it has hard-coded admin credentials, mm-hmm. and it's transmitted in plain text in a way that you can intercept it and get it. So anybody can get these admin credentials right from the device itself. Yeah, it's like it was, you know, veiled under this type of, you know, I don't know, cloak, if you will, where you couldn't really see it. But then like uh, someone splashing water on it, electricity went around it and it was wow. exposed hmm. to just like that. Just Crazy. Like that, Crazy. You know? Can't can't even imagine something like that. I know. Really. I mean I picture I it if you could, you know. Yeah. Like almost it just like, came alive. Yeah. 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 And took them. Like <laughs> eyes. Eyes yeah. in the in the yeah. forest. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's never gonna end. It's, it's gonna be the rest of the day now. Like every everything we film, it's kind it's kind of fun. It's like yeah. a little game. For, it's like an Easter egg hunt yeah. for me. Honestly, though, like in, in in all actuality. Mm-hmm. So what Don's talking about is this is this credential was being passed to the API, right? So this is the technical little breakdown of this. Yeah. And what's interesting about this is this isn't like crazy, you know, Uber level hacking that it would take to uncover this information. It just goes, hey, instead of just making a direct connection with the API through the web browser or the phone app or whatever, hey, funnel it through this little filter so I can see what you're sending and then I can see what you send back once that information gets received and processed. Mm -hmm. Something like Burp Suite, Zed Attack Proxy, all these things can do this stuff. From what I can see from the screenshots, it looks like Burp Suite. They They make the call and they see, oh, here's the response from the server, which includes... 
those hard-coded credentials. Mm-hmm. That's what makes this like, hi, what? Yeah, this is not right. That's no, that's not right. Not only that, but the firmware itself has like a firmware viewer <laughs> module. Guess what's in the firmware? The same credentials. No. And you can use those credentials to do anything you want. That's that's why this bad. Now, another part that I thought was bad was when you register, when you buy this equipment, you go to their website and register to create an account, yeah. and you provide the MAC address of your garage door so the app can do it. Well, the MAC address for these devices is printed on the box when you buy them. So you could go to the hardware store and find a pallet of these garage door openers. Just start writing down MAC addresses. Just take a picture. Yeah. Right? And then you go home, register them to your account. When somebody else goes to register, there's no prompt. If, if a MAC address is already in use, they... They don't acknowledge that. So multiple people are able to register the same garage door. And so you could just wait six months and you've got the app. It's registered to you. You can open and close all you want. So, you know, we I felt like IoT was getting better at things. And this is the kind of thing that comes in here and just, you know, kicks the, the wind out of you. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, this, this garage door and its app together is IoT. That's yeah. what we're talking yeah. about here. I'm connecting something to the Internet so that I can have a convenience factor. And obviously, they are not a company you probably want to be doing business with in any kind of shape or form because, A, like you said, they've known about this for a while because this researcher has disclosed this to them, and they've done zilch to update this. So I would highly recommend moving away from them, buying a new garage door. I know it's a a bit of a cost incur, and right now during these tough economic times, that can suck. (laughs) Yeah. But it sucks a whole lot less than, you know, frenzied people going, I can just break into your garage and steal your things. I mean, at a minimum, you can disconnect them from your wireless network and then they're they're offline and you just have normal garage doors. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're close enough to your house to open your garage door, you can just get on your own Wi-Fi and not do it through the internet. In in my experience, uh, most IoT devices like this don't allow you to directly interact with them. That uh, and, and in this one in particular, I know doesn't because it requires. Oh, really? It's using um, what is Amazon's IoT framework? Uh, shoot, I forgot what it's called. So a- Amazon has this like, or wait, no, it's not Amazon. MQTT. Who who makes MQTT? Mm. Uh, no, no, I got to look it up. Not off the top so, of mine. MQTT is Oasis. a. Uh, oh, it must be independent. Yeah, Oasis. MQTT.org, mm-hmm. they make a framework, a standard for IoT messaging, right? And and that's what this leverages. And I don't think you can use that to directly communicate to it. I think you have to relay through a software. Oh, re- okay. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I could yeah. be wrong on that. So let me, let me clarify. Gotcha, this. gotcha. But, I know uh, a lot of IoT devices do allow you to. Yeah. Just, I don't know. It's its own server it's, built it, in. It's a mess. And, yeah, obviously. Uh, and obviously something you want to be concerned about. Anytime you deal with IoTT, or IoT, <laughs> IoTT, just IoT, it's a concern in a business, super critical concern, but right. our homes are affected as well. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I, I don't have a garage, but if I did, I'd, <laughs> maybe I'd be worried. You'd be worried. Sophia, find me a way out of this hole. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering when it was going to pop up. I tried, and I and I think it, I think it, went, it flew under the radar. I tried to make a reference, okay. and it didn't work. So we'll go ahead and move well, on. Well, yeah. I did. I tried a little earlier, so we'll see if you can listen back to this okay. later and catch it. Okay. So this next segment, uh, this article is going to come to us from PC World, and this segment is called Who Got Pwned? Looks like you're about to get pwned. Fatality. Yeah! That sounded a little bit like the Predator. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, title of this article is Western Digital's My Cloud Goes Offline After Hack. So it sounds like it was a couple weeks ago they identified what it called a network security incident involving Western Digital systems and an unauthorized third party gaining access, which to me... Kind of sounds vague. 
Okay. Somebody got access to stuff they weren't supposed to get access to. Elaborate. Yeah, yeah. So the the Western Digital My Book, if you're not familiar with it, uh, you can go to Best Buy or any mm-hmm. computer hardware store, uh, and they have these, and they come in one, four terabyte, whatever uh, models. You plug them in, and if you plug them directly into your computer, they have backup software, so you can back up to your My Book, store all your data there. But they're also cloud integrated, so they can then synchronize all of the stuff you backed up into Western Digital's cloud. Well. On March 26th, mm-hmm. my cloud went offline. They shut it off, right? They, they pulled the lever, turned it off, and, and and went blank. And at the time, people were locked out of their MyCloud, and they weren't able to access their devices. There was actually a brief period of time where they couldn't access their devices at all unless you had it unencrypted and, and you could connect to it locally. Uh, so it was, it was it was bad. And then they made an announcement that, yeah, there was some unauthorized uh, people that got onto their network, and so they, they had to just pull the kill switch and go into emergency mode. Well, here we are. Uh, when this podcast releases, it will be two weeks. That, two weeks. Uh, <laughs> I know. It's a different one, but yeah, you, you put it right there. So, uh, so it, it'll be two weeks that my cloud has just been offline, right? And for a cloud service, that's pretty significant. So... To me, that says this is this is critical. This mm. means the attackers got in and got access to some really significant stuff, or it means that Western Digital is completely incompetent, can't figure <laughs> out how the attackers got in, so they can't turn it back on because the attackers mm. would be right back in again. I'm going to go with option B, Don. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly possible. It, it does seem that way, just from the the vagary that they use with their responses to all this. It's like. I feel like they're trying. Again, I feel like you said. I feel mm-hmm. like they're trying to be um, stealthy to make you think that we're we're just kind of keeping this on the hush hush as much as possible until the full report gets released. But I feel like they're just going. Hopefully, they believe that. <laughs> hopefully, they they believe us because yeah. this is not good. You know, this is something I've wondered about a lot. Like Western Digital has been around a long time. Yeah. And they are one of the industry leaders for people that manufacture hard drives, right? Mm-hmm. So spinning disk is where they made their bones. And uh, SSDs, they, they make those now too. So that's what they do. Now you stick this software layer on top, and they're not a software company. I always get nervous when you see that. And and all the hard drive manufacturers like Seagate and some of the others, they do this now. Like They, they start adding software services. Look at QNAP. And, and some of these other NAS companies where it was just network storage, but now they've added all these features to it, and then they get hacked. Uh, I, I kind of wish these companies would just focus on their core product. Right. Mm-hmm. Do what they, you're good at. They, they yeah. all want to be SaaS companies. They, you know, the software as a service model. I, it, I would assume because there's buku bucks in SaaS. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. At recurring revenue. Right. Right. You know, that, that's what they want. And so they're, they're like, I could sell you a hard drive one time. But a hard drive will take three or four years to fail, so I'm not going to get any more money from you for three or four years. What if I charge you five bucks a month for cloud service? Mm. Now you're always yeah. making money. Yeah. And if you make here, here we go, Sophia. Uh, what have you learned when it comes to ease of use versus security? The easier something is to use, the less secure it probably is. So, <laughs> Don, as you may have mentioned here just momentarily, uh, you plug in the thing, some software installs. It's it's easy. Now you're cloud redundant, right? Yeah. And you didn't really have to do a whole lot. Sounds easy to me. Mm-hmm. Does sound easy. 
dum, dum, dum. Right. <laughs> That's the problem, right? Yes, it's cool. We like easy, but you have to understand that if it's super easy, it's probably not the most secure thing in the world. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. working on getting that better, and we do that every day. That's kind of like what we're trying to make the world like to where we can have that ease of use and couple that with the security. But obviously, we are not there yet. Yeah. And until you are... Western Digital, you might want to hold off on the easy buttons and make things secure before you push it out like live at five. Yeah. It's kind of like when Dutch went in to find those dignitaries and then they encountered the the six soldiers out of Fort Bragg. Skinned alive. And they realized they were the second group sent in. Mm. Not as easy as they thought. That's indeed true. That's (laughs) indeed true. And he knows those men. They're good men. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> rangers out of Fort Bragg. <laughs> yeah. Fort Bragg. Special forces, not rangers. Special forces? Yeah, I special thought they were rangers. Forces. Okay. Yeah. Green Berets, he said. Oh. He did say Green so, Berets. So, little fun military fact, they don't call themselves Green Berets anymore. They call they refer to themselves as special forces, but that is what we, the common person, thinks of as Green Berets. I thought, and now we're really off the rails yeah. here, but I thought, I could be totally wrong, apparently I am. Yeah. I thought special forces were air force and rangers were army. Is that so that's incorrect? Special so special forces is the designation for what most people refer to as green berets. They used to be referred to as green berets. Okay. And those aren't rangers? They are they, army rangers. They may be uh ex rangers so they come out of ranger battalions a lot of them, right? Because rangers are kind of door kickers. That's that's kind of their thing. They are a part of special operations. Okay. Right? But they are not special forces. That is the term for what we think of as Green Berets. Man, our military is confusing. Yeah, it's very confusing. <laughs> yeah. And then you have JSOC and SOCOM and all these other like special forces operations. And then you have whatever the guys yeah. in Predator were. Yeah. So in the Air Force, <laughs> they have the pararescue jumpers, which is a different thing. Like the they're like medics that can kill you. <laughs> they they specialize in in retrieving down to airmen. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so there's a bunch of different cool special forces for mm. each. And that's that's sort of like a generic. It's like saying red team, right? There is such thing as a red teamer per se, and then there is the idea of red teaming. Right. Same thing. Okay. All right. Interesting. Yeah. If I learned anything from this conversation today, I learned it is that long tall Sally. She's oh. so sweet. <laughs> she's got everything that Uncle John needs. Can I have you some fun tonight? Tonight. Oh baby. Oh, I should have brought in like a Bic razor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would have been awesome. Yeah. It's probably good that we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> you were have me some fun. <laughs> yeah, have me some fun. Well, okay, that, that's going to do for this article on uh, government agencies. <laughs> Sophie's drawing the line. This, uh. <laughs> I think the the agency they talked about in Predator was the CIA. I think that was they so were about. Dylan was Dylan. in the CIA. Well, that, yeah, but then they meant they made some reference to like your cabinet minister must have been CIA or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the uh, the skin soldier. Yeah, right. He was a CIA operative. Right. Yeah. So who was trying to infiltrate a Russian? Some sort of guerrilla yeah. conglomeration that was going on. Sure, yeah. I think once you really start digging deep, the plot kind of falls apart. A yeah, bit. it's really <laughs> just that's a, not the point of the movie. Right, it's, it's a vehicle. That's the point of the for movie. the predator. Yes. and awesome badass action. Don't stars. dig too deep into the plot. You're gonna ruin it. You're yeah. gonna ruin the fun. Yeah. So this next article is not about the CIA. It's actually about the FBI. Uh, this next segment is called Tinfoil Hat. Landing was fake. Paul McCartney's been dead since 1966. Dogs can't see color. 5G causes syphilis. Do you understand that? 
I have to push along the wagon at some point. So, <laughs> so I, had to, I had to keep going. So this article is from CNBC. It says that the FBI warns against using public phone charging stations. So this article talks about something called juice jacking. So it's where uh, bad actors are able to like... <laughs> kind of like the boys did when they were training for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I figured that was going to come into play at some point. So these they've been able to hijack public chargers and infect devices with malware and i just feel like this is something we've talked about before like generally don't plug your device into something you don't recognize right or yeah. something that's not known or familiar to you if it's that, not yours that's don't plug way it. too logical that <laughs> can't be true <laughs> so this one kind of came out of nowhere that the fbi comes out and warns the general public hey don't trust public chargers mm. uh i thought that there was a credible threat here mm. like something had been detected but they said they say no, we, we don't have a specific... We, we just want to encourage you to be aware. Okay. I find it extremely suspect that they would just yeah. randomly like, decide... Yeah. What that, happens? That does not make sense. It though. does not. Yeah. Right. It's like uh, they cooked up a story. <laughs> they dropped the six of them to me. <laughs> yeah. well, I just needed the cooked up story part. But. Okay. <laughs> so um, so I, I fully suspect there, there has to be more to this, or they were just worried about like, hey, we haven't had a press release in a month. What can we stick in there? Now... Mm. The reason I flag this one as tinfoil hat is I don't trust public chargers. And then, you know, the reason is I've, I've seen the cables that you can buy in Hack 5, and I've seen the uh, the charging ports that have the um, logic circuits kind of mm-hmm. uh, soldered onto them and stuff. So I've, I've seen what attackers can do with these things. I use, I actually carry in my laptop bag a, uh, a data blocker for USB ports. So whenever I plug into something, I use that. So I just get power off of it. Um, but... You know, is this something that the average person really needs to be concerned about? I would say yes. Yeah? I think so. I think that these types of attacks are going to become more common, uh, more and more. So let's say that it's not something that we need to worry about today. It is definitely something you need to worry about tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Right? So if if that is the idea, that's the vein in which the FBI is going down and CISA and all them, of trying to... And I believe they are because I've done some research here recently and CISA and the FBI have been pushing an initiative to like they've got the hashtag stop uh, stop malware, I believe they are they are actively working to make the general public a little more aware to. And maybe this is just an awareness campaign propaganda, but good propaganda of, hey, don't trust those things. Your friendly government lets you know. Right. And just start to make that a common understanding like I shouldn't just go to the airport and plug in not because the airport's doing something bad but because somebody who is a threat actor could have manipulated this and I just need to do my due diligence keep myself safe it's like wearing a seatbelt right I kind of feel though like and I don't know if this ever happened to you mm-hmm. like you're in a group of people and everybody thinks everything's fine but there's one person in the group who just like knows there's something wrong right he knows there's there's something out there it's waiting for you it ain't human. And it ain't no man. We're all going to die. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, uh, we miss you, Sonny. The, uh, the FBI's actual statement here is avoid using free charging stations in airports, hotels, or shopping centers. Uh, this is from Twitter. Yeah. Bad actors have figured out ways to use public USB ports to introduce malware and monitoring software onto devices. Carry your own charger and USB cord and use an electrical outlet instead. So, um, sound advice? Yeah, I think so. Like, as far as, um, especially the just bring your own charger. Okay. Right? If you just have a charger and it's meant for charging, I mean, heck, 
everything's just about USB-C charging now. So you probably have a USB-C charger. It's probably actually a really good one because it probably goes to your laptop or something. You can plug your iPhone into that. You can plug your Android phone into that. You can plug anything into that, and it will charge. And you got to worry about data yeah. going back and forth to it. You don't have to worry about having data blockers and all that stuff. You just plug in. Usually next to those USB outlets are three-pronged plugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just go one down and just plug in, and you're good. So I got to thinking about it when I saw this, and... Um, most modern cell phones have Wi-Fi wireless charging yes. in them now, right? And uh, so I, I went and pulled the standard because it's mostly QI or key. How do you say that? I don't know. No, yeah. QI. I say QI. Uh, so <laughs> QI wireless charging. And I thought, you know, can you transmit data over wireless charging? So when you, if you see a charging pad at Starbucks yeah. or in a taxi cab or whatever, and you drop your phone on it, is that safe, right? And I pulled the standard, and sure enough, it actually does have a data transmission mechanism built into the standard because the the charger has to ask the phone, do you want a charge? And the phone has to reply, I want the charge, right. and then it goes. But there's other things that can communicate. Yeah. Um, and so that means that really you, you probably shouldn't, I, I'm going to say you probably shouldn't trust wireless charging either, but yeah, do I thought you have of, any known attacks there? Uh, not that I'm, not off the top of my head anyway. Um uh, it, it, but it seems plausible because I thought the exact same thing. I have a wireless charger at my desk, and while I was reading this, I set my phone. I was like, oh, yeah, I could just take this. And then, you know, there's like a layer of abstraction between the device. And I'm like, but it uses like this technology that you don't know. Like, and I'm not 100% on that. So I, I couldn't say yay or nay on whether or not that would be a safe option. Again, I mm. typically have like an actual charger with me. And it just seems to be, hey, it's going to be the fastest solution. Because if I've got a 65 watt charger versus the, you know, 20 water or whatever the case yeah, may be, I'm I'm gonna get a quick charge. I can get out of somebody's way. They can charge, you know. And it's just gonna be the fastest way to go. It's gonna be the best way to go. My option. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm doing some quick googling here, and there there is a oh, oh God, this is like attacks. a master. It's a, it's a it's, full it's math. Paper. This is yeah. a full at like I don't. Welcome to the physics of radio frequencies, Don. Yeah, I don't want to deal with this. But, uh, <laughs> so there are apparently some side channel attacks that are at least theoretically possible. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I do carry a data blocker. I think I paid yeah. 10 bucks for a pack of two of them. They're cheap. Dude, I get them at conferences. They usually are passing them out. They give them away. Like, yeah. Yeah. Kind of hmm. conferences you go to. Yeah, the kind of conferences I go to, yes. <laughs> it does. I, I was able to find an article that the only possible attack that it cited was um power surges like if it's a counterfeit charger geez if it's a counterfeit charger it could cause a power surge that'll fry your device but that's the only yeah. thing you can find on it yeah i i think i mean there there are there's documented cases where police departments if they if they seize your phone yeah they have devices they can plug in well i just meant the wireless oh sorry sorry i should gotcha. have specified that was the only thing I, other than that long diagram yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, the yeah. phd thesis yeah. on yeah. Yeah. side channel attacks yeah other than that this was the only thing i could find that, that talked about it at all so. by the way i figured out your reference that you thought slipped under the radar did you the problem is it's you can't really say that on the Technado. What? You said it ghosted us, mm-hmm. right? That's not the quote. I said I said they're ghosting us. Yeah, but that's not the full quote. We can't What's say the that. Quote? Oh, the from full Predator quote has oh, some, some language. You're ghosting me. It has some choice language. Or you're ghosting us. Oh, oh, blankety right. blanker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, I kept it G. All right. I know, yeah. which is G why it right didn't here. really hit. Mm-hmm. I cut you. Yeah. In a quiet light. Yeah. <laughs> Bleed you, bleed you, bleed you. Oh, bleed you. Yeah, yeah. Quiet, like, all right. I tried. All right, I did my best. Okay, I, I, I got it. 
I'm picked glad. it up. I'm glad. It just took you 20 minutes. Yeah. So I'm glad you got it eventually. Well, you know, with such a vague reference like that. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't have one for this article. Did you? Did, did you? Did I not do one? one? Now, if, if you had dropped an MF in that quote. Oh, I didn't nailed it. I would have gotten one of these from Don. You would have gotten like, a timeout, but we'd have both been laughing. Well, maybe next time. <laughs> maybe next time. Yeah. Next time I watch an 80s action movie, we'll we'll find, maybe we'll do Total Recall next time. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Threaten me with a good time. <laughs> you had the chance a couple weeks ago and we didn't take the opportunity. Well, so. no, that was like on the table. I got to rewatch Don it now. threw this right. in the notes for the sticky. I know. I know. Yeah. He, so he official, made it legal. So sadly, <laughs> like we we made it through articles and I have been trying this whole time to think of a way to work in the could you have killed something bigger? So have I. That's so funny. <laughs> it's like the best quote of the movie. Yeah. But it doesn't really fit in a lot yeah. of situations. We didn't have any articles yeah. about pigs. so no. We did not. Yeah. I also wanted to do something about, uh, you think this Bull Scout, <laughs> our Boy Scout bullshit is going <laughs> to work? Oh. Yeah. I was surprised you didn't. You can see our troop eyes. <laughs> you can't see this. There's the voice. There it is. I was waiting for that. Instead of complaining, you maybe you could help. Seems like every time that we film something, it's the do it, do it now. Yeah. Come on. That's kill my me. favorite. That's, That's your yeah. favorite. Yeah. But yeah. it didn't come out to today. I'm disappointed. Yeah. Or, you know, you're one ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Didn't figure that one out either. But say that for the other podcast. Yeah. Well, you still have the marketing <laughs> spiel. I, I've got some stuff I need to share here. Okay. And so feel free There's to cut hope. me off if okay. you think yeah. of something. I'll, I'll let you talk. So, Technado is sponsored by ACI Learning, the people behind IT Pro. So, if you're listening from the Technado website, you can look for the sponsored by button and click that to go to the IT Pro website. If you want to support the podcast, check out those courses and you can use the promo code Technado30 for a discount on your IT Pro membership. You can also check out ACI Learning's webinars and live on social events. We have a webinar coming up. On, why are you laughing? I can't say? say it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Plus, it's from the second movie, so it doesn't count. I haven't seen it. Doesn't it. count. It doesn't. Yeah. You got to stick to the source material. I know. I know. Uh, we do have a webinar coming up on April twentieth. That's going to be with Shannon Noonan, CEO and founder of High Noon, among other accomplishments. She's going to join us live for a discussion on cybersecurity governance as it relates to audit and IT. So, if you like cybersecurity and paperwork, you can join them for that. Uh, and then, lastly, there is a free weekend kicking off tomorrow. So, as of the day this is released, it'll be tomorrow, Friday, April fourteenth. Um, so that'll be something that IT Pro is doing. Some courses will be available absolutely free, so check that out. And that is all that I've got. Did you think of anything in that 30-second time span? Wow, I know you were going to like just chuck it like that. Yeah, I thought of a bunch of stuff, and I can't say half of them. Yeah, what else is new? So. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. I guess we'll just end it then. That's kind of anticlimactic. If I had something to say, it would probably be, you know, it's kind of distant, like over uh, there. In the trees. them trees. Okay. Yeah. I see you. <laughs> that was weak. That was weak. I'm disappointed. Huh. Well, I think that's going to do it for us, unless Don was trying to. Pull. He's <laughs> like, come yeah, on, versus. come on. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Technado. Maybe we'll have more 80s movies quotes next week. We'll have to see. Guaranteed. Uh, <laughs> guaranteed. <laughs> so join us next week for another episode. Until then, uh, we will see you next time. Stay safe out there. <laughs>